Welcome to Redeemer's Church Weekly Message Podcast, where our mission is simple. We are a church that is passionate about loving God and loving people. And now, we hope you enjoyed this week's message by Pastor Caleb Schaefer. We are an apostolic community, and that is not something that uh, we have just chosen to pick up and say, this is what we want to be. But it has been confirmed through prophetic words that that's the nature of who we are as a church. I want to remind you of one of those prophetic words that was spoken in January of 2018 that said, this church will become, say will become, become. not just a local church, but an apostolic center and an apostolic community. Now, this is what's important because you cannot become that without the grace of God being released to you to become those things. It said, God is going, you don't have to repeat this part. I was actually surprised you went as far as you went. (laughs) God is going to release an apostolic grace. That's the supernatural ability to become it. And it is going to be poured out on this house. In 2 Chronicles, last week we talked about this, but in 2 Chronicles, it said, believe the words of the prophet and you will prosper. There's a, there's a value that an apostolic community has on the prophetic because of this very things, and that was acknowledged and recognized by Isaiah. I was in the middle of a season, and I was discouraged, and I was weary, but there were prophetic words that gave me hind feet for high places to be able to endure the, 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 the low place that I was in and be able to climb again. That's just one snippet of the value of the prophetic in a church. And so when you believe the words of the prophets, you will prosper because they are the, the, one of the agencies, many agencies that God uses to give you a supernatural energy to, to continue the mission and, and the ministry that you're involved in. And so we are an apostolic house, and, 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 and I don't know about you, but that's a good word. It is, it is a good word, and so we're going to continue along that same uh, framework. We're going to continue to talk about what an apostolic community looks like. There was a couple different things that I talked about last week that uh, I would encourage you to go back and listen to, uh, but I want to spe- specifically speak to the reality that in an apostolic community, the five-fold gifts will function and flow. The, the, an apost- well, I'll just say it this way. An apostolic community is a five-fold house. It is a five-fold house. And, and uh, I'm going to pray. And after I, I'm going to pray, I want um, Brother Tim. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was funny. But I, I, I want Brother Tim to come because there was something that God showed him at the tail end of our service last week that speaks directly to where we're going to go. So bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you, Lord Jesus, not just for your word, but we thank you for your Holy Spirit. That your Holy Spirit speaks life. It illuminates the word. Your Holy Spirit's presence uh, rejuvenates us, refreshes us, fills us. God, without your Holy Spirit, what would we be? And so, God, I just pray that you would continue, even as we sang in the song, you would continue to rest on us. And God, not just rest on us, but rest on our minds and our hearts specifically. That we would be able to grab a hold of what you are going to be speaking to us this morning. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. So Tim, why don't you come and just share the, the vision that you got last week at the end of service? Uh, last Sunday, as Caleb said, he asked us to stand, shut our eyes, and he said something like, I don't know how to pray, so I'm just going to pray. And so I did that. I stood and shut my eyes. And what came to me was a figure, and I didn't realize he had went up on the stage. Caleb came up here, I think. And then above him was a figure with his hands outstretched, looking out, and uh, as Caleb continued to pray, he mentioned the fivefold ministry, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And then he mentioned Jerusalem and Antioch. And if I'll refresh your memory, Jerusalem is being sent out at home. Antioch is being sent out to the nations or to the world or to some place that's not your home. And Caleb can correct anything that I'm misrepresenting. And so, as I saw this happening, out of the fingers of this figure, who I'm recognizing as God or Jesus, it wasn't revealed to me, an oil-like substance was coming out of his hands. And it was outstretched over our whole congregation. And uh, as I saw this, it was the fivefold ministries dropping down over the congregation. And it wasn't specific to one area. They were all dropping over the whole congregation. So if apostles were over here and evangelists were over here, I felt like God was saying, hey, if you're over here saying, oh, I don't want to be an apostle, I want to be an evangelist, you can't grab that because God's the one who distributes. And you have to be willing to say, okay, God. See, it's, it's, God can be calling us to all of those things. But if you're not willing to say, okay, God, and accept the thing, then this is the picture. Now, we're going to tweak this a little bit because his hands were up in the air, outstretched, and his face was looking straight out at you. So my designer and I had another conversation. But this is designed for me just <laughs> explaining over the phone in about four minutes what I saw. Doreen's done an excellent job. And so as I, as I listened to the sermon again and, and thought about it, and spoke with my wife about it, that I felt like it was up to us to choose and sort out what we're willing to accept from God. And if you're not, then you're holding yourself back from what God's got for you. And um, I just believe that when God's doing the things that he's doing in our congregation right now, we, we need to have an open heart, open mind, open spirit, or else we're going to lose out individually. Not, I, don't, I believe the congregation and the church will benefit, but I think I, I as an individual will lose out. And two things came to me as I was thinking about it, that you know we all have a vocation or kind of a vocation. Some of us work, some of us don't, but you know, some of us are semi-retired, some of us not. But that is relating to an occupation or employment. 
and there's avocational, which is a subordinate occupation, and it's pursued in addition to your vocation, especially for your enjoyment. Could be a hobby. Now, hobbies can become a vocation. But I think a person that has a hobby that becomes a vocation always says, oh, this is just my hobby. I do this because I like to do it. And another thing came to me. As I was thinking about this, it was like, do you speak more than one language? Just as an example. If you speak more than one language, then you should be saying, okay, God, why did you do this for me? You know, why did you give me the ability to speak two languages? To study and speak two languages. Because I believe God's, I mean, we're, we're a multicultural congregation, and I know there's a lot of people in here that speak more than one language. As hard as I try <laughs> to speak a couple different languages, I don't do very well. Um, then there was one other thing. I'll explain it quickly. There, there are more depth to this. There was three things that happened to Jill and I. One was I thought in my head Jill might spill that drink, and I should tell her, but I didn't. And then Jill had the thought, I should tell Tim to walk out with my dad so he doesn't fall when he steps off the porch. She didn't, he did. I didn't, she did. She spilled the drink, dad had a fall. He's okay. Then there's another time that Jill and I went to Amish country just to enjoy ourselves. And I said, I want to go buy a belt. Long story short, 40 minutes later, I found the place. And I'm thinking, okay, God, this is out of my ordinary. After 40 minutes, I'd already quit and said, this, I'm, going, I'm going back to the hotel or something. But we found it, and we shared with the guy. And are you willing to be taken out of your comfort zone? Mine was, I do not want to go 40 minutes looking for a belt. That was my comfort zone. 20 minutes was done, but something in me kept saying, go, go, go. And so we did. And we met with the guy. I got a belt. But the main thing was we were able to share with him. We ended up two hours with this person. And as Jill and I thought about it later, it was like hearing God's voice sometimes takes you slow down, get out of your comfort zone, and listen to the quiet voice. I believe those are three instances where God was showing Jill and I, and we're trying every day, learn more, learn more how to hear God's voice. And I believe this congregation is hearing God's voice. And I think sometimes we just don't think it's God's voice. You know, I heard tell Jill she's going to spill her water, and I'm thinking, no, Jill, don't go spill her water. But you know what? That was probably God speaking to my heart. And I just didn't have enough sense to realize, hey, Jill, be careful. Don't spill your water. Because why? Who knows? But we need to hear God's voice. And we need to step out on the things you're hearing. And young people, you're in an apostolic community. Is that still up there? We're in an apostolic community. Young people, and I'm saying everybody younger than me, okay? <laughs> Okay. I turned 71 this year, so anybody younger than me, I can refer to you as young people. And you're not older yeah, that's right. <laughs> so start paying attention to those things. 
and, and listen to what God is saying, and don't be afraid to share them. You may be keeping somebody from spilling a glass of water. An apostolic house. Thank you, Tim. I want you to think about that as we continue today, because we're talking about the five-fold gifts. And I just want to share this from the, from the, from the get-go, that the, the, an apostolic community is a place where all of the gifts function and flow. But I also want you to understand that that does not necessarily make us unique because that was always God's design for every church. It makes us unique in our current church culture. But that, this is not some specialized thing that we, for some reason, we, we are just better than other places. That's what God always intended for every body in the world to have, the fivefold functioning and flowing. And what we see today in, in, in the American church, which is the only context I can really share from, is what I like to call an unhealthy equilibrium in the body, which means that there is a imbalance because not every gift is functioning and flowing. And when there is an imbalance because not every gift is functioning and flowing, things get elevated that should not be get, get elevated. And as a result of those things getting elevated and the lack of the other gifts in the house, there's an imbalance and things get prioritized that create an unhealthy church environment because every church is supposed to have all of them flowing. Let me give you an example. When the apostle is not present, or you don't have someone who is, whose heart beats for being sent out, when that is absent from a church environment, the church becomes very unhealthily focused inward. Because you don't have that, 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 that mantle or that calling or that gifting within the body to create a balance. When a church culture doesn't have a true pastor present and they have an apostle that's focused on sending, the people will feel like they're not being nurtured and they're just being used. When you have a teacher as the highest gifting in the church environment, and you don't have the prophet, and you don't have the evangelist, and you don't have the apostle, and you don't have the pastor, what gets elevated is knowledge. And the negative reaction and response to that is that a church culture becomes very critical because they get puffed up in what they know. And they start talking about, well, are you cessationist? Are you, are you Arminian? Are you Calvinist? Are you, what does all of that mean? And what I see often, here's the other thing, when an evangelist is not present, you lose sight of the need for the loss. You see how every one of these, the prophet, lets you know that God is still speaking today. It's not just about this, it's the Holy Spirit speaking prophetically and this. It's the balance of both. And when they're not present, there is an unhealthy imbalance that gets, that gets formed in the body where things get prior to, prioritized and elevated that should not, and the others actually create this healthy kingdom accountability for all of them to flow together in cohesion.
Does that make sense? So I want to talk a little bit about what those gifts are. And Judy, I'm kind of jumping all over the place, so it's, it's fine for the first time in history for me. <laughs> but let's look at this scripture, Ephesians 4, 11 and, 11 and 12. And he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors, some as teachers. These are the fivefold. This is the fist of the kingdom. When, the en- when God wants to uh, uppercut the enemy, he uses the fivefold gifts. This is the, what he uses for that. And it says, now, they exist for this, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ. That is an apostolic scripture, and it also speaks to what an apostolic community has. So here's, so, so uh, Justin, come here, man. I have the same shirt. I can't fit it right now currently, but I'm working on it. So, by the way, what's up, brother? He got the waves and everything. You must have wore the cap last night. You did, didn't you? <laughs> Brittany said, Justin, we're going to church tomorrow. You better put that cap on. Okay. A apostolic community, listen, is not a community where you have the fivefold gifts just in the leadership. And the congregation says, well, we have an apostle. He's right there. We have an evangelist. He's right there. Or she's right there. We have a prophet. They're over there. No, 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 no. An apostolic community is a body where the fivefold exists not only in the leadership, but also in Justin and Gary and Mark because it's about the whole community because this is what God intended for the whole body of Christ to be. If, imagine how far, imagine how far the body of Christ would have been able to expand if it was limited to only five people functioning in the gifts. The church would have died off. But the reason why it still exists today is because apostolic community over apostolic community over apostolic community was developed by the original apostles and it continued to spread with people in the house flowing in the fivefold gifts for Jerusalem and for Antioch to be perpetuated throughout the world. So that means you have a gifting. It's an Oprah giveaway. You all got a gifting. Anybody want to be a prophet? Five, ten, five? no. You can go ahead and sit down. It's not just about saying, well, that we have leadership that way. Because what happens when that is your mindset, we pass the buck. And we no longer live on like some sort of mission. And we don't see our intricate involvement in what God is wanting to do in expanding the kingdom. We say, well, that's their job. That's them. That's the Are you understanding what I'm saying? I want to give you some understandings because I believe that as I share these that you will maybe understand where you are in these fivefold gifts. Now, before I go there, I just want to say this, that some of you, you may have a maturity in the gift and some of you, you may have an underdeveloped state in the gift. And some of you, 
you may be looking at something, someone who flows in one of these giftings and they say, well, I definitely don't have that because I see that person has it and I'm not that. Well, you know, it's interesting because in Scripture, Paul speaks about what you're supposed to do with the gifts that you have. Listen to this in, uh, it's at the end here, it is Ephesians 4, 7. This says, but to each one, say each one, of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. So God gives us all gifts in measures. Imagine if you are, you can have two seeds of something, you can have four seeds of something, you can have ten seeds, but what grows the measure what grows the measure is what you do with it. And sometimes you're thinking and disqualifying yourself from what God can do through you because you're seeing someone else and how they're operating and flowing and functioning in their gift. Maybe it's simply they've done something with the measure that God gave them and it's grown over time. And so I believe that in, in, in a apostolic community, some of you will lean towards certain giftings naturally. Your personality is wired that way. You, every gifting has a mindset. It has a focus. It has a passion. And some of you are actually, as Tim said, you're not, you, are not, you are not picking up what Jesus is laying down. Because you're failing to recognize the signals and the things he's doing to try to get your attention to understand the gift that is on your life that he's waiting for you, no matter the, the degree of the measure, to pick up and steward it and begin to do something with it. It says, but to each one, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. 1 Corinthians 12, 11, the context is spiritual gifts, but it's a similar kingdom principle. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, that's all of the gifts, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. Going back to what Tim said, some of you are evangelists, but you want to be apostles. Blame God. Because the Holy Spirit is the one who wills it. Here's why. And you need to get this because the Holy Spirit just dropped it on me. You don't understand that the gift is connected to the circle that you flow in. And you're frustrated because you want to, you see this gift more elevated than the gift that's on your life, and you don't understand that in God's omniscience and the working of the Holy Spirit, he empowers you with a gift and gives you a grace to walk it out because the circle you walk in needs it. And guess what happens when you are focused on other things instead of accepting what God has given you? You miss ministering to the circle God has sent you into. And then you're frustrated because you start pursuing the gifts that are not actually the gifts that God gave you because the Spirit distributes it as he wills, and you're frustrated why your effectiveness is messed up because you're flowing not in the gift for your life. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Let me tell you about these different gifts. The, every one of these gifts has a unique mindset, focus, passion, expression, and are essential to the expansion of the kingdom. And without each, the kingdom would be insufficient in some way. Let me talk about apostles. Okay? Now, apostles are people 
that feel a calling to this, but they also have a gifting. And I will say this, that the gifting precedes the calling. The gifting is often dormant in the person. And let me just say, let me just take it uh, further. The Bible talks about physical new birth, and it talks about spiritual new birth. How in the world and where in the world do these gifts come from? Well, where do your personality tendencies come from? Where do your genetic traits come from? They get passed on down from your parents. The little Bill Nye the Science Guy lesson here. Are you tracking with me? Are you picking up where I'm laying down? Okay. When you believe in Jesus and you are born again, guess who else deposits spiritual DNA in you? And I don't know about you, but in the last year, I've started to really realize some of the DNA I passed on to Gideon. Whoa, that's strong. The point is, is that at the new birth, you may not recognize what's dormant behind the scenes laying on the inside of you that was deposited by not only your natural parents, but by Jesus at your new birth, and you think you have no gift to offer. It's just dormant. It's there. You know what, how I know that's true? Because every, there are so many people that don't think there can, they can be moms and dads until you get kids. And you realize, well, wow. Yeah, this has been difficult, but I can actually do this. Why can you actually do it? Because it was dormant on the inside. It was dormant on the inside waiting for the opportunity to come out. I would have never in my life thought I would be here doing what I'm doing. Never. I got dry cotton mouth right now. That is the nervousness in the moment. I, did a, I took a communications class at Columbus State, and I rewatched myself, and I was like, wow, that was terrible. I know why they gave me a C. But C's get degrees. It's like, okay. Apostles. Apostles are pioneers. Apostles live with leaders. They just, they, it's like if you see a, lead, a, a leader, apostles are drawn to them. They, there's this, this synergy that happens in the mind of an apostle when he's with other leaders because I, the apostolic or the apostle gift is leadership oriented. They're constantly looking for the next territory to expand the mission of the kingdom into. Their missions focus both locally and internationally. Apostles are consumed with the question, where do we go next? They think beyond the walls of the church. Their focus is on the big picture of the kingdom. They live to be sent somewhere and to send others into missions work that enlarges the reach of the kingdom of God. They live for the adventure of planting the flag of Jesus in unknown and unfamiliar territory. Which is why Dwight is an apostle and one of his favorite songs is a song that should not be sung anymore. <laughs> Saddle up your horses. See, I believe if Pastor Dwight could grow a mullet, he would still have one and he'd be riding on a horse. They blaze trails. 
They, they look at the, the not, they don't just look at a city, they look at the world and they say, all right, where are we extending the, the tent pegs of the kingdom? Where do we go next? They're not, never satisfied with being in one place for an extended period of time because they are not called to plant and stay. They are called to plant and go. So there's this constant pull towards missions work. That's what apostles do. And without the prophets, remember, the church will forget the mission that the kingdom of God is supposed to expand and enlarge. That God is not satisfied with having pockets of, this, of the kingdom. As Habakkuk says, this is a fitting scripture for the apostolic, 2.14, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the, cover the sea. Apostles will never be satisfied with just, okay, we've, we've, we've stretched the tent pegs of the kingdom far enough. Prophets. Prophets live to hear and sense what God is saying right now. I don't know if Betty was closing, but she was probably up there. You guys were enjoying the worship, and she's like, God, what are you saying right now? What are you doing right now? It's not about, now, it's not that they don't appreciate the, the, the word. It's that they also recognize and have a high conviction for, you know, God still speaks right now. And he doesn't just speak through this. He speaks to you specifically and directly. And so it's, it's, their focus is on living to hear and sense what God is saying. They speak forth on behalf of God under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. A prophet is one who stands before God as Elijah stated. Prophets seek to discern the times with heaven in mind. They recognize what God wants to do and is doing, and they discern what the enemy is trying to do and is doing. Prophets help us see that God is behind the scenes constantly at work. Here's how you know on a very practical uh, uh, environment whether or not you lean towards the prophetic. If your kid has a bad behavior, you're going into the closet like, Lord, show me what's behind the scenes. Because that's just not because he didn't sleep well. There's something in the spirit realm that could be off. Show me what's going on. This is what prophets do. Okay? Um, God, they show what God wants to do. Prophets help us see that God is behind the scenes constantly at work. They bring the future into the present by sharing what God has shown them about the future. And they, this is what I love, they personalize the existence of God by revealing what God says to individuals through words of encouragement, exhortation, and edification. How do I know that to be true? Because of so many of us, when we have struggled to believe that God even cares, you get a prophetic word and you're like, wow, he's real. He's alive. He's still speaking. He actually is thinking about me. This is the gift on prophets. Without prophets, the church would lose sight of God's continual involvement with his people and the world at large. Teachers. Teachers live in God's word. They're students of scripture. They examine the scriptures to seek that which is true. They seek to communicate the eternal nature of scripture by expressing its relevancy throughout all history and culture. In other words, teachers are like, yeah, I know what's happening in culture, but there's a scripture for that. <laughs> I know what's happening in culture, but Jesus already talked about that. He talked about that it would come. Teachers look 
to the Word of God for solutions to life problems. They seek to accurately interpret Scripture and establish sound doctrine in the body of Christ. Derek Prince calls teachers a water ministry. Paul planted apostle who came afterwards. Apollos watered what was planted. This is what teachers do. They water the soil that apostles go and till up and establish a, a, a root system in, and then they just come by and they just water it to full maturity. This is what teachers do. Now, once again, if the apostles and the prophets aren't in the house, this is the gift that gets most elevated. So people come to a church and are like, man, that person can preach. That person can speak. Man, the worship is, is, is amazing. Man, I love being here because it's just so good for me. And when teacher is the top gift flowing in a church, guess what happens? The church becomes very, very me-centered. And then what ends up happening is you, go, you leave church after church after church after church because they weren't feeding me. Where'd you pick that up? You picked that up in a church environment. I, you need to hear this. You picked that up in a church environment that did not have the apostle or prophet there. And this was the most elevated gift. And so now you just idolize the revelation that somebody can preach. Oh man, that was so good. But more often than not, you sit on your butt and end up doing nothing. Because you don't have an apostle that says, man, that was a good word. But what are you going to do with it? <laughs> like, that's really cool that you got that nugget. But are you actually, he, apostles are pushers. That's why, mm, Pastor Dwight, you can... And it wasn't until the series that I realized why he does what he does. <laughs> because every single gifting has a mindset and a, pri a prioritized mission. And it's all of them living in, in harmony that makes the kingdom so effective. They water the spiritual seeds that were planted by others so that they grow. Teachers help people understand scripture so they can live it out and apply it in their lives. Without teachers, the church would easily be spiritually malnourished and led astray by false teaching. Pastors are shepherds. They love people. They live with the people in their heart, and they live among them as a protector, helper, and guide. And by the way, let me just say this. You will more than likely, as we're talking about this, identify that you have multiple. It's not just one. We're not robots. There are multiple. In the same way that you've got personality profile, if you've ever taken one of those tests, it's like you're this, this, and this, and this. Okay? It, you will see that multiples of these resonate within your heart. Pastors are shepherds. They love people. They live with the people in their heart. But I will say that one of these is often most primary. They live with the people in their heart. They live among them as a protector, helper, and guide. Pastors desire for the people to be discipled, connected, and protected. They care for the body of Christ. They nourish their spiritual growth. They help people find a place to connect and serve in the local body. Pastors tend to both spiritual needs and practical needs. And without pastors, the genuine needs of the people would be neglected as the kingdom continues to expand. Let me just say this, that afterwards today, 
we are having a small group meeting. And we're having the small group meeting because we want to start some small groups because I personally recognize a need for some specific things. So if you have a teacher gift and you have a shepherding gift and you're not on staff, but you res it resonated that those descriptions sit with you, where do you think you should be? You should be within the context of a small group because that's where you have the outlet to teach. That's where you have the outlet to shepherd. That's where you have the outlet to pastor. Do not sit on your gift. Find the places that exist or don't exist yet because you're sitting. And the God in an apostolic community is saying, hey, you know what? I gave you the gift for you to be the starter, not to just plug into something. Okay, it's, it's one and both evangelists they love to seek and live among people far from jesus they are proclaimers of the good news they're always looking for ways to share the love of jesus with others evangelists seek the lost and equip others to do the same the evangelist spiritually is always on the offensive keeping the devil on the defensive they are the introducers to the body of christ they're bridge builders they are the ones that build the bridge between the church and the lost, and they have no problem being out in the middle, surrounded by lost people, because they understand that's not where they found themselves, that's where God planted them. And they just love to be amidst. There's a curiosity for the lost mind. What's going on? Why are they thinking what they're thinking? And you're constantly thinking, how can I interject the good news of Jesus? in the lives of this person so that they get to know the person that I live my life for. It's all of these five flowing in beautiful harmony that causes the kingdom of God to flourish and expand and enlarge. Do not sit on your gift. What do I do with the measure that I have? Grow it. And I believe that in our body, it's amazing because, yes, I do believe that there are people on our staff that flow primarily in certain gifts and giftings and skill sets. But once again, you are an apostolic community. We are an apostolic community, which means that it's no accident that you will find that these resonated with you as well. The amazing thing, I'm going to just close with this, and if I could have uh, the keys come up, and if I could have the elders to come forward as well, um, and then I'm going to talk about what we're going to do. But here's the amazing thing. Jesus was the first apostle. What is an apostle? An apostle is a sent one. The, the goal of an apostle, sorry that you're on sabbatical. <laughs> Richard. <laughs> the apostle is a sent one remember this is a greek term a general that goes out for the greek military to expand and enlarge greece and in doing that he reproduces where he was sent from in the place that he was sent to and to effectively do that the greek generals these apostles 
they would not just take their military because they knew that would just, we could conquer, we could move on, but the culture would not be reproduced. So they took artists, they took politicians, they took philosophers, and they took teachers because those, that collection going with them would be able to remain and begin to develop the Greek culture there. And the pastors, evangelists, teachers, and prophets are to the kingdom what the artists, teachers, philosophers, and whatever the last one was, were to the Greek culture. Now, the important thing is this, though, that in Greek culture, the apostles would go, and they would go with the, te- they would go with the team. But in the kingdom, because apostles are often going into a place where the kingdom of God is not set up yet, or they are taking something of the kingdom into a place that is not yet, uh, where, where that thing does not yet exist, they often function in the other floor, other four, out of necessity. Because if an apostle is being sent into a place where there's no team that he can take with him, then he has to be the teacher, he has to be the pastor, he has to be the prophet, he has to be the evangelist, until something gets set up. And then the apostolic community grows, and these people start to function in all these. Jesus was the first apostle. How do I know that? He was the first apostle from heaven. Because ain't nobody came from heaven to earth. So he carried all of the fivefold giftings within himself. Why do you think they called him rabbi, his teacher? Why do you think the woman at the well in John 4 said, Sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. Why in John 10 did he say, I go to the lost sheep of Israel. He was an evangelist. Why did he say, my sheep know my voice. I'm a shepherd. And then what does he do? He shows them the mission of the kingdom. In, in Matthew chapter 6 or 4 or 5, wherever it is, where he says, this is how you should pray. God, I pray that your kingdom would come, your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, I'm asking that you teach them that the way in which the culture of the kingdom of God gets reproduced is not only through prayer, but this mindset and this focus. God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He did, not, he did not have people to bring with him to reproduce the culture of heaven. So what he had was gifts. So the gifts reproduce the culture of heaven on the earth through, through these different five hold. Are you guys tracking with me? Okay, now, then he sends out his students as his apostolic community, community in Matthew 28. What did he say in verse 18? All authority has been given to me. In other words, I have heaven's permission to now make you ambassadors in the same way that I was an apostle from heaven. Now you will be an apostle from heaven. And I'm going to give you the ability to evangelize and, and, and preach or pastor, uh, be pastors and be prophets and be uh, uh, apostles and be an evangelist. And as you go now, because apostles are sent ones, you will take these giftings with you. You will plant places that extend and expand the kingdom of, of God. And then as you plant them, your job is to reproduce the apostolic community. What you don't understand is that those 12 disciples were the first apostolic community. They were apostles of heaven given these gifts to expand and enlarge the kingdom. And then the reproduction. We are the product of an apostolic community. Not only in the kingdom at large, but I believe the same thing happened with Pastor Jarvis. When you are pioneering something in a city, 
and you don't have all of these different giftings primarily available, you start to flow in all of those until it gets established. And then this is what happens, and this is why it, it's important for you. What happens when an apostle is in a church, because they flow with all, all of the other four, often people are drawn there by God in the spirit realm to the giftings being there. So that's why there's no accident. Gary Larson comes with the gift of being a teacher. And he's like, this is my house. This is where I'm home. This is where I'm planted. That's why it's no accident that uh, Pastor Dwight, being an apostolic person with functioning as an evangelist, all this stuff, he gets Jason or helps uh, Jason's salvation, and then Jason starts to burn for evangelism. Beth Gibson, just this morning, I was like, you have so much apostolic. You, you flow as an evangelist, the center of hope. You, you have the administration to set up and build stuff. You, you hear from the Lord. You can teach. You can pre- I mean, it's like it's all there. But your parents came. <laughs> and they have their gifts because God replicates the DNA to reproduce the culture of the kingdom. And so I know for a fact that there are people here this morning that have primary five-fold giftings, They've got secondary five-fold giftings. Matter of, they might have, I don't know, is it tertiary or third? What's the fourth? I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> Whoever formed the language, they're like, what's the fourth? I give up. It doesn't matter. One, two, three is good. <laughs> My nerd wife <laughs> says the teacher gift. But it's here. And when you're an apostolic community, I love what Millie said. I talked to her a while ago, and she said, we have been a smaller church with a massive vision. That is the kingdom of God. That is what an apostolic community does. That's why you have someone from thousands of miles away from the nation of Burundi that comes and gives a report about what we have done. Do you understand? It's what apostolic communities do. And do you remember what Tim said? Standing up here, Jesus had oil. You know what oil is? It's anointing. It's that the anointing for the gifts to flow. And by the way, we're not just saying we're an apostolic community because of of a prophetic word, but I will follow up and let you know that in 2007 or 2008, if we're going to be an apostolic community, the fivefold need to flow, right? Well, in 2008, it said that the fivefold would rise. That was a prophetic word because they're paired together. And so this is what I believe. I believe that we have people that represent these giftings. And Jason, I'm going to invite you up. Jason has an evangelist heart. I've worked with Jason forever in youth ministry. And Jason is like, man, let's just go and preach the gospel. Often, if you're new to faith, you'll have a passion to be an evangelist because the good news you receive, you will want to to extend and deliver to others. So Jason represents a five-fold representation here of an evangelist. Gary, I want you to come up. And notice, Jason's not on staff, and Gary's not on staff, which shows the uniqueness of an apostolic community being both people in leadership and people in the body. Gary has a teaching gift. 
And I'm talking, he's going to speak in the Holy Spirit series coming up. Because he wrote a book on the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Gary writes theses and he's not even getting degrees. You know, I believe that, I believe there is a generational, generational, rich understanding of scripture that will be left behind when Gary passes away. Because he's got books thoroughly examining scripture. Every single connection of scripture that I've never seen in my life, Gary has made the, connected the dots. It's just amazing. He has the teacher gift. So he should be in a small group. Bad tag. Or plug. Anyways. You got prophets. Betty. With all of the different prophetic ministry, all of the different trainings, how to hear God's voice, Fifth Sunday, all of these different things. She represents the prophetic. Pastor Rick. Pastor Rick, I, how many of you have been in the hospital and Pastor Rick has visited you? Exactly. How many of you have came to Pastor Rick and said, I, I, need to, I, I got something going on, I need, he's there. Okay, I'm going to help gather some people together. I, I love Pastor Rick because when he asks you how you doing, it's not because of his job. It's like, how are you doing? That's a shepherding, that's a nurturer, that's a care. And then, of course, we got Pastor Dwight. If you don't want to be sent, never talk to him. <laughs> because he will be like, <laughs> you'll be like, man, I just had it rough. And he'll be like, so when was the last time you told somebody about Jesus? They're represented both in leadership and the congregation. And so this is what I want to do now. If any of these resonated in you, if you felt just in talking about them that you were pulled towards one, number one, I want you to come up and I want you to go to the person that embodies that gift and I want you to have them lay their hands on you because Paul said this about Timothy. He said, you need to stir up the gift that was on the inside of you through the impartation of my hands. One of the things about the kingdom is that there's a laying on of hands because this is one of the ways that a spiritual transaction occurs. And I believe that those of you who maybe uh, feel just this leaning towards, you have a passion for the word that is not normal. You're studying this and you're studying that and you're, you're looking into it. You know why? Because you probably have a lingering teaching gift and you didn't even understand that that's what that is. I want you to go up to Gary and I want Gary to put his hands on you because I want God to be able to impart through him the same grace that he has given Gary because we're a five-fold house. If you feel like you get unsettled and unsatisfied with the status quo of going to church every single week because you just, it's like, we should be doing more. We should be going somewhere. Apostle. If you're, if you're the person that's like, Okay, yeah, I heard what the pastor said, but what is God saying? And you're, you're the one that's in the congregation, and you're, you're in the middle of worship, and then you see somebody, and God just puts something in, or you get this random thought in the middle of worship, and you're like, where did that come from? That's the prophetic. God is depositing and dropping insight in you. If you're the evangelist that says, you know what? I mean, I love our church, but where are the lost people? You go to Jason because it's a five-fold house. 
that will be the most effective for the kingdom. Some of you, you may be hesitant because you're like, I don't know if that's me because of this, 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 and this. Man, wouldn't that be the enemy's plan for you to doubt something that could be there? So I want to invite you guys up. I'm going to pray, and then I'm just going to ask you to come forward. And I want, if I could get an eldership pair to join every one of the giftings. And if you need to spread out, then go ahead and do that. And I want Isaiah to come forward as well. <laughs> yeah, Jace, yep, yeah, Isaiah, yep. Wow, yeah. Proverbs, without revelation, people cast off restraint. Without vision, people cast off restraint. Tim talked about the fact that you, that, that you could, and by the way, I'm just saying that these gifts will not just flow here. They, they flow everywhere you go. They flow everywhere you go. And the truth is, is that without vision, people cast off restraint, which means that you can be in a place that God is sending you to function and flow in the gift that's on your life. But because you're not restrained by the vision to see the bigger picture, you walk right by it and miss the opportunity. You just miss that God actually sent you there. You didn't go by accident. If you're an intercessor, you should go to the prophetic. Because the prophetic in the intercession, it's, it's, going, it's going to Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father. And it's, it's basically drilling down into the stream of what God is praying and getting the insight about what you need to pray. And so I'm just going to ask you to join the elders and those that represent these places, if you feel a specific, unique polling, and by the way, you can go to all five if you want. That also lets you know you're an apostle. So I'm going to pray, and then I'm just going to invite you to come forward. Father, in Jesus' name, you said that we would be an apostolic community, and an apostolic community is a community that flows in the fivefold that functions in the fivefold, a place with evangelists, not just on staff and not just in leadership positions, but evangelists in the congregation, prophets in the congregation, teachers in the congregation, pastors in the congregation, apostles in the congregation. And Lord, I pray, Lord Jesus, that there would be a stirring up, God, that there would be a deposit of anointing as you said, that a grace would come on this house to become the apostolic people that you called us to be. And Lord, I pray that there would be a grace. I pray that you would move upon us, breathe upon us, open up our eyes spiritually to the opportunities that exist, to the things that, that are right on our doorstep that time and time again, we're missing it. And Lord, let the gifts flow in this house, and not just in this house, but out of this house. Because the apostolic community enlarges the tent pegs of the kingdom. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. We hope you were challenged, encouraged, and inspired as you listened to this teaching from God's Word. 
For more messages or information about our church, please go to www.redeemers.life.